everybody. Oh my God, it's another week for Between the Sheets. I'm Gayanne, your host. We have lovely women at the table, but I wanted to let you know, don't forget, we're on the first and third Friday of every month, 7 p.m. You're obviously watching us. Um, I will post it eventually to iTunes and Facebook, and we'll have watch parties. All of us usually do watch parties right after. Um, podcast uh, is... What am I talking about? The website is betweentheseedspodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, QTE Brat. I want to send a shout out to my BFF out in the beach. And I hate that I'm not there with you, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. <laughs> Miss you. Um, so we have a new member today. Yay. And um, I feel like I've known her for eons already. And I just met her not that long ago. Um, but it is... Our lovely friend, Kim Sanchez. Thank you for having me. I hear I'm the only virgin here. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'll break you in, don't worry. <laughs> we have, um, I'm I so afraid. I, I want to say, Tony, thank you for doing the boards and everything this evening. Um, and we'll go around the table. Let's start with to my right. Hi, I'm Roxanne Rose, and you can find me on Facebook. Hey, yeah. guys, I'm Cheryl Murphy. I'm a psychic medium, and I have a website, CherylMurphy.net. Hey guys, I'm Mara Shane. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Mara Shane, and I'm an artist and a creative director editor. I'm Cara Noble. I'm a voice artist, and I'm also a contributor and a writer of questions and answers on Quora, which is how I found what our subject is tonight. Oh, so that's why I thought I'd mention it because it's a very interesting, Quora. fun site. Quora. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, let me start. Um, first of all, you have to call us. I mean. The subject we're going to tackle, and I'll talk about it in a minute, but you, most of you know, um, you have to call us because we're all at this table. Mm -hmm. Most of us have been through this. It's not fun. I was just going to use the F word. Cussing mm -hmm. jar goes out the window today. Is it um, venereal disease? What, what it is, is venereal disease. Um, but it's 323-524-2599. Uh, the show is professional. I'm professional. My ladies are professional. This will not turn into the shit show that happened on my Facebook wall. And I always encourage dialogue for each and every one of you, a safe space and a place to talk. What happened last week or this week was um, uncalled for. I really want respect. And if we could all just respect each other a little bit more, it's a dialogue on any subject, no matter how painful, how funny, it's an open dialogue. No shit slamming. You're not evolved. You're part of the problem if you continue that conversation. So I would appreciate, and I know I'm really serious all of a sudden, but I do take this to heart. This is not gossip. We are talking about people's lives, and it can't be played with. And on that note, the subject is narcissism. We have gone back and forth on our eighth show, maybe, mentioning it, joking about it. Um, you know, I joke that Mara is a narcissist. Um, <laughs> it's not a joke. So <laughs> <laughs> it's about yes, the lighting. No, she's a sweetheart. No, she's not. She's not. She's not. But we play with that word and that term, yeah. and it, it really shouldn't be because people's lives are absolutely destroyed by it, um, mine included, at some point. And, you know, when I tell people that I've been a survivor of narcissism, 
physical abuse, verbal abuse. They are surprised because I am so strong and tough and from Jersey. Um, you know, it's usually the stronger, tougher ones are the ones that have the biggest issues. Not issues, I don't have issues. I'm really not dysfunctional, I swear to God. But you deal with stuff, you know, you deal with stuff. And you just learn to kind of cover it. And it is not a cool place to be. But this subject hits home to, mm -hmm. like I said, almost everyone, mm -hmm. if not personally at this table, um, friends and family members. There are many, many, many different spectrums of a narcissist. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine, Christine, has a show called Out of the Box, and she interviewed a gentleman called, hold on, and thanks, Kat, H.D. Tudor. It's a three-part interview. And I always thought I understood what narcissism was. Mm -hmm. But this gentleman is a practicing narcissist. He is coming clean. So if you do have a moment, do listen to part one and two. Three is coming up shortly. There are people that have been through this that it really hit home mm -hmm. when they heard that interview. It really just struck, really, it, it struck a chord, the way he breaks it down, the way he explains it. I actually reached out to him mm -hmm. to participate last minute in tonight's show. He's in Europe, he can't do it, but he has offered to uh, be part of the show at one point or another, maybe as a follow-up. But I did want to kind of open it up to everyone at this table about what this is. A lot of terminology has been thrown around. Right, it's used like the word awesome. Correct. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. And no. We do have to figure that out. Yes, and there are techniques mm -hmm. that these monsters use. They usually um, attack their prey is usually an empath, someone that's very sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, we're all empaths at this table, which is why we all have gone through this. It is a sad state of affairs, but we will throw out some words now of what their techniques are. We'll have discussions about it. I swear it'll be funny at some point. This show will be funny. Um, and uh, we'll go through that. It's our job to sort of educate each and every one of you as we have been educated in the best lay way we know how, because we're not psychologists. Um, we will go through stories. I would like you guys to call in and share, please. It is important. We all need to heal together. We all need to teach each other. We need to keep it straight. Well, there's not much Forward, straight at this please. table, Forward. but you know what I mean. Our um, I think it's fair to say, though, before we start, that. We, we all have narcissistic traits. We have to. It's about our own self-esteem. So it depends how far that they go. And I think something that you mentioned earlier, Kim, is sometimes people don't even realize that they're behaving in a narcissistic way, in a cruel way. It's just part of their makeup. Other people become less and less narcissistic when they, as they grow older. Um, but it, and I'm just reading here, Freud considered narcissism a natural part of human makeup. We have to have it. It's just when it gets overblown and when it's used against other people. That's what we're talking about. And, you know, even with Freud, there's the id, the, the ego, ego, the id, the, e, the, 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 the ego and the superego. Mm -hmm. That is all part of narcissism. 
you also have the ultimate level of narcissism that does borderline on sociopath sociopathics. Yeah, Correct. sometimes it so can be very, very, very <laughs> narcissism. I have found has um, very similar qualities to a lot of other psycho psychosis, like borderline personality, um, psycho psychotic, like you said. Um, so sometimes it's hard, especially if someone's a covert narcissist, or mm -hmm. you know, you don't know where. That I think because a lot of the... That means they're covering up their narcissism. Yes. They're, they're with hiding. their charm. Yes, right. they're hiding. I know about that. Right, I'm, and I think yeah. that because <laughs> lots of mental illnesses have simil such similar characteristics, it's it's really easy to um, miss... Diagnose. Diagnose yeah. somebody. I, I think even the know. professionals misdiagnose. Yes. They do. All yeah. the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. And it's a, it's the, it's a personality disorder. We're not talking about That's healthy right. narcissistic traits. We're talking about someone who actually has a personality disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, like depression or like addiction right. or like mm -hmm. so many other things that, you know, we deal with. And with re right. and with narcissism, it's about they have no remorse. Right. So like there's they're not compassionate people. Uh, and like you, you said, they're they're combining it. Also, they may have show traits of abusive, you know, behavior towards, you know, their loved ones, but they have no filter. There's no there's no human connection there. You I know? once uh, heard yeah. narcissism. This is great. This one thing stuck out at me from the books I would read on it. Talking to a narcissist and trying to get them to understand you is you might as well picture yourself on a street and you're talking to a wall. Because okay. you can say it till you're blue in the face. You can cry. You can do whatever. This wall is not able to empathize. Because they don't think there's anything wrong with what they're doing. Exactly. No it's empathy. The, there's none. I know. And the thing is, I just want to make it clear. I mean, my narcissists have been relationships. But it doesn't only mean relationships. There are people, like the gentleman that had the interview, his mother was a narcissist. Mm -hmm. You have fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters. It doesn't mean- Bosses, bosses coworkers. Bosses, co it doesn't mean it's only mm -hmm. your partner, your mm -hmm. husband, your wife, your lover. It transcends everything that constitutes itself as a relationship. Nothing is held sacred. Mm -hmm. Everyone, please call in, join the convo. 323-524-2599. Do not be scared. And please, when you call in, do not mention any names. It's mm -hmm. all about anonymity. So, with that said, let's start with... I know you're chomping at the oh neck. Come on, woman. <laughs> One of the lovely <laughs> techniques. And I never knew... It, I never I, I never used this... I used, I used to use this word in a way because I thought it was... What a cute word. You cute word. It's not a cute word. It's love bombing. Yes. Oh. I've never yes. heard that. Oh it's my God. a love bomb. Yeah. And bomb. it's kind of like, you know, when you go to Bed Bath Beyond, you get the bath, bath yes, bombs. Yes, the fizzy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. This is everything but fizzy. Right. Um, yeah. it, is, it is one of the first steps to a narcissist getting inside your fucking head. Yes. And it feels so good. It yes, feels it does. So good. Feels like a high. It is a high. So I had somebody do this to me last year, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, it was the second person in my life that I've ever fallen in love with. And Aww. I'm telling you, do we you really know what falling in love is. You're eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually four. Okay, <laughs> but like, 
I mean, we would literally text morning, noon, and night from Uh-oh. like 6 a.m. to midnight yeah. every single day. Wow. And it, just the attention that I would receive made me feel like I was on a high, like I was flying high on drugs. Like she was just the wind be- beneath my wings and I could reach a new level every single day. Um, it was just amazing. I know there was There's a caller. caller. Hold on. We have a caller, right, Tone? One or two? Three. Two callers. Holy two crap, callers. Ebola. Tell me when. Hi, everybody, or you, whoever you are. This is Gay Ann, and welcome to Between the Sheets. What's your name, or you can remain anonymous. It doesn't matter. Um, it was just- Hi there. Hi. It is Jana calling. Hi, Jana. Fine. How are you, Jana? Mm-hmm. What's up? Mm-hmm. Good. I'm tr- trying to turn it down. <laughs> How are you guys? Fine. Good. So what's going on? Just- what do you have to impart, <laughs> sweetheart? I just, I've been through this. I feel bad for other people that are going through this. Um, you know, it's uh, what a lot of people don't know is a lot of us have been through a lot of trauma in our life. And, and it's just, it is scary. And unfortunately, you know, things blew up the other day. A lot of people saw it, but it's, it scares some of us. I think it's really a trigger for us that have been through it before in our past. And, you know, it takes a lot of therapy and, and a lot of work to get through it. And then when you see other people going through it, it also sometimes gets you emotionally charged. Yeah. It's part, it's pouring, it's pouring salt on a wound again. Mm -hmm. Nasty. Right. Right, basically that, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, you know, that's the thing. I want people to call in, and thanks for calling in, Jen. I appreciate it, because we've got another caller. But, again, this is open dialogue, open forum for everyone. Thanks, Jenna, for calling in. I appreciate you you supporting the show. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. We have another caller, Tone? Hi, it's Gayanne. Welcome to Between the Sheets. Who's calling? Hey, Gay, it's Liz from Portland. Liz from Portland. How the hell are you? I'm good. How are you, Gay? Good. I'm glad you got through. Everyone, this is Liz. She's an author from Portland. Um, She actually just wrote a book on narcissism. Oh, Liz. And she will be... She will be coming down at some point, maybe. Hopefully we can get her in the studio. If not, we'll have her on by Skype. But Elizabeth, why don't you tell us your full name? Tell us the name of your book and impart some beautiful pearls of wisdom for, from your experience. Oh, pearls of wisdom. Okay. So my name is Liz Scott. I'm a psychologist also. And my book is a memoir. It's called This Never Happened. Oh, God. And um, so I love this topic. <laughs> I love, in quotes, this topic because, um, you know, like I said, I'm a psychologist and also the child of a narcissist, or probably two. I would say probably two narcissists. So um, a a subject that's very, um, I'm very familiar with. So Liz, when you Did I lose you? No, you're here. No, you're right there. When you say, (laughs) you say that maybe your mother and father were narcissists, what is the the one thing? Is it the empathy piece that makes somebody a narcissist, the no empathy, or are there other things? Well, one thing I want to say before I answer that, if I might, um, and let me put on my psychologist hat for a minute here, is that I, I really like that you all are talking about the fact that this is a continuum. I like to think about it like 
narcissism with a small N or a capital N. Mm. And there's narcissism with a capital N that's a personality disorder that's diagnosable that has, you know, criteria. And um, then there's narcissistic um, traits. And I think, I can't remember which one of you said this, but there's also healthy narcissism that we all need in order to feel okay mm-hmm. about ourselves. We, you know, we all, all need a healthy sense of, a healthy ego and a, and a good sense of ourselves. So um, th- with that background, um, I think one of the trickiest things about being a child of a narcissistic parent is that you really only exist to the extent that you reflect and reflect hopefully positively on your parent. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it, you know, it's like the parent who drags the kid out to play the piano or, you know, tap dance or something like that. And if you're not performing and reflecting well, you really don't exist in their eyes in a certain mm-hmm. way. You're just you're only there as a reflection. So that's, I think, one of the really hardest things about being a child of a narcissistic parent. So, Liz, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. What, what are some of the traits that your parent, parents exhibited uh, towards you growing up? Yeah, so there's this grandiose sense of importance, a kind of preoccupation with um, success, my mother used to, <laughs> oh, when she was frustrated at a, like waiting too long in a bank or something, she would uh, scream out at the top of her lungs, do you know who I am? Right. Which, of course, <laughs> nobody knew who she was. <laughs> um, so that sense that everybody should know who they are, this requiring excessive admiration, and sort of a, a, a really high sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of envy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And, and, and so, I mean, that, you know, I mean, I look at that, you know, now knowing it's narcissism and going, oh, drama queen. Um, I think yeah. women, you know, obviously they seem to express it more. So maybe narcissism in women kind of runs that middle of the road where are they really a narcissist or are they just a drama queen and want attention? How is the difference between how your mother displayed her narcissism mm-hmm. versus your father? Because men, most men are usually not that vocal or that dramatic, unless they're gay. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hi, Tony. Oh, hi, Tony. Hello, Tony. Hi, um, but uh, but seriously, I mean, like, what like what is something your dad did that that really? brought home that he was truly a narcissist as well? Well, I, I'm going to have a hard time answering that because mm-hmm. he abandoned our family mm-hmm. and when I was about 10, and I didn't see him again until I was in my 30s and then wow. only once or twice. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, I will, I will talk about one man who is definitely a narcissistic personality disorder, and that is individual one. You know who I'm talking about. The president? Yes, I can't. Okay. I, I refuse to say his name. I refuse to say his name. Quite right. So the fucktard. Individual, yeah. Individual one meets every single criteria, uh-huh. every single solitary criteria of narcissistic personality disorder. That would be with a capital N. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so Liz, how do you get through it, or how? How did you get through it, or what do you do every day? Are you more compassionate with yourself, or what? It, you know, what's your self care? Uh, and how did here? and did it affect? And did it affect? I mean, I don't know if you're married or or you have a relationship. And how did, did it affect that? 
Well, um, badly. <laughs> badly. I mean, I think um, I'm not unlike a lot of kids who grow up that way, where we kind of go in the opposite direction. So um, the journey for me has been to try to find that place of healthy narcissism to mm-hmm. know that I, you know, deserve to take up the space on the, on the planet. Um, and uh, so that's been my, I mean, I'm fucking old. I'm 72 years old. So wow. Wow. Sounds sound like you yeah. yeah. I'm very young. Are you single? Oh, sorry, I'm just saying, just saying, just saying. I am single. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I would am, ask a question, but... I, but. <laughs> But it took, it, you know, it's been, it's been a slog, I'll tell yeah. you, to get to this place mm-hmm. where I finally feel like, okay, I can, you know, I, I deserve to exist in this world because anything that feels like attention feels, um, I, I mean, I've been very phobic about attention mm-hmm. because it feels like I'm sort of perilously close, like it's a slippery slope to crazy town. To being sucked into a love bomb. Yeah, to, to feel like, uh oh, maybe I'm narcissistic too. If I if I feel if I like attention or if mm-hmm. I right. want attention, but I you like know, going that club class. Like, Does that mean that, I, that's I have the a challenge. sense of entitlement? Right. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, I'm an Aries, and I love attention. I love feeling loved. I just do, and I definitely don't feel like a narcissist. I think that's for that. where it also gets misconstrued. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yes. Uh, I was just gonna say. Yeah. Um, I put up selfies. Uh, so do I, and they call my sociopath selfies. <laughs> you do call them that, yes. yes. <laughs> I also um, was raised where, I mean, my parents, on one hand, they, they definitely supported me and encouraged me, but then there was also a lot of shame growing up in Shining, um, oh. which is like layers of this narcissistic stuff but there's also a lot of shame so sometimes when I'm just being myself and I'm just shining out there doing my thing I have this fear what are people gonna they must I hear this inner voice oh Mara you're you're such a narcissist or whatever and that's that's not true I have finally gotten to a point now from therapy to understand that I am still allowed to shine and you know, not like I, it's not bragging, but I'm allowed to be myself. And the main thing is I have empathy for others and it's not all about me. And I think that um, people that are out there and they either perform or they put themselves out there in expression, they can get judged for being narcissistic. Absolutely. I mean, I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. That should be a born narcissist. OK, yeah. but I'm not. Um, you know, everything the world literally for my parents, revolved around me. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet, I never felt that way. Every time they said, you know, if I was in the play or any achievement, I always downplayed it. And I always, my answer was, of course they're going to say that. Mm-hmm. They're my parents. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. course they're going to tell me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that already builds into my my thing, low self-esteem, mm-hmm. insecurity, mm-hmm. and, oh, my God, you know, if I walk around thinking I'm that, mm-hmm. then I've got an ego. Mm-hmm. I'm an and mm-hmm. I, I was a kid, so I didn't. The word narcissist yeah. wasn't yeah. around, but it was a bad thing. So I always downplay my achievements, even now, yeah, even today, with having this show, mm. and as popular as it is. We went to an event a couple of weeks ago, and 
I was hearing it left and right at this event from strangers from, and I would just, I would say thank you. And then they wanted to continue to talk about it. And I would recoil and change the subject. And at one point, a friend of mine and I were sitting outside after the party and we were just talking and just chatting and two women came and they started just uh, talking. And, and I literally like, like took, put my head down and got embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't mm-hmm. be that way. You should sit there and say, thank yes, you. Yes, and receive. Yeah. And, and receive, receive. which receive. is a whole other psychological <laughs> issue yeah. I have with not being able to receive. But I think also there's a difference between <laughs> egotistical and narcissistic. I mean, yeah. they're, that's not the same. No. You know what I mean? It's uh, it, the, the narcissist can't be wrong. It, right. nothing is their fault mm-hmm. everything is your fault everything gets twisted around yeah. even when it's not your fault to be made oh, yeah. and, yeah. yeah. and there's and there's no empathy whatsoever right. they cannot understand what you're going through right yeah Ever. that sounds so mm-hmm. like a psychopath to me liz is that um i mean I'm well confused. they're both they're both um personality disorders and there can be overlap and in some way that's kind of you know these are arbitrary distinctions mm-hmm. in a lot of ways but you know the other the other thing about these kind of people that are true uh, personality disorders is that they are conditions that are evident really from childhood and um they are lifelong patterns so <laughs> as a as a psychologist i um i will i just will not I'm not good at taking, I will not, I don't want to work with a narcissist as a client. Right. I hear, not, you, I, I hear you have I to just, be highly you know, specialized. There's no, yeah. there's no, you know. Are they just going to play no with you and play with that. you until they're just yes. going to twist you around? But Liz, right. but Liz, right? a, a, yeah. Yeah, a lot of my friends who are going through this now, which is why, yeah. um, it's a hotbed for me. Um, it's people that I really love. I love them to the end of the world. And they've just gotten out of a relationship um, by not only, you know, a partner that's a narcissist, but a friend that was jumping on the bandwagon that's a narcissist. So you have this woman being love bombed, fucking gaslighted, name your weird fucking shit left and right. And, you know, besides all the stuff of feeling not worthy and then you question yourself and then you come out of it partially embarrassed angry at yourself and it's you know as i said she's just starting to begin to heal um and it's a it's going to be a process but it's like you know her thing is you know i just want my freedom i don't want my back against the wall i just want my freedom because this whole thing has been masterminded in a way, gone along, lack of control, kept in a box, being told, being yelled, playing with, I love you, unless, but if you do something I don't want, you speak up, then I don't love you. And it's that back mm-hmm. and forth. It's like the bottom is, oh, the floor is always moving. So what, as a psychologist and dealing with this and growing up with this in your life, like what would be your best advice to someone coming out of this mm-hmm. um and 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 grateful that they've come out of it because to stay in would have been worse what is your best advice to give someone as they're moving out of this insanity mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, the, yeah, obviously the first best advice is, yeah, get, get out and stay out. And that the relief that you feel is really, really good information. And I think the deeper work is to try to learn about what kind of sticky receptors you might have, one might have, that um, attracts somebody like that. Mm, Um, Yeah, because, you know, I do think we tend to attract what we think we deserve. Mm, And um, so, (laughs) you know, that can be a very provocative thing to say, but I think that there's always a benefit in exploring what was it about me and and, and my unconscious needs that drew me to this person. But not or, only or stay, um, stay in it so long. To stay in it yeah, so long, yeah. exactly. If you can yeah. exit sooner, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So once they shatter... Well, it's, it's, always, it's, it's always harder to get out... It always takes longer to get out of any relationship than we think we should. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. Always. Mm-hmm. We all know that. But, I mean, <laughs> once you have this realization, once you have this realization, yeah. I mean, you know, there is hope. I mean, that person can love again. That person can can first start with loving themselves. I think mm-hmm. the first key, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not a psychologist, is to sort of forgive yourself mm-hmm. and learn to love yourself. And then you still have the yeah. ability mm-hmm. to open up and be worthy of some healthy fucking person. Right, but you have to be healthy of first, course. like working yeah. on your of own course. boundaries yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. getting yourself yes. there so that you yeah. don't repeat that again. It's it's huge. Like, you know, there and there are groups out there. I mean, even a codependence anonymous mm-hmm. group can be helpful if you can't afford therapy. I mean, you I have did to start up. I did that for a long you time. Did? I went to codependence anonymous, yes. And the biggest eye opener was the fact that I was not making people act a certain way. And that's what I was told growing up. Mm. I was definitely told your mother is acting this way because of you. Oh. So I grew Ooh. up thinking that I had the power to make people act some way. If, if some, that's why when you you know you take things personal. If I took things personally, I was deluded in thinking that I had that power. And the biggest thing about codependence anonymous step one is we we admitted that we are powerless over our codependency, but also that we are not in control of other people and how they tr- how they act to us. And you know what the sad part mm-hmm. is is yeah. the people that are the victims in mm-hmm. this, they tend to end up self-medicating. Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very, self-medicating. Very um, not necessarily, I mean, I'm not. You mean like alcohol and Alcoholism, stuff? Yeah. drugs. Yeah. Right. Like weight gain, Weight stress. gain, yeah, stress. You know. mm-hmm. And you, you tend to self. Hug and dust. Hug and dust. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I like it. I would do that. I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be huge is Dairy what I'd free. be. But I mean, you literally, they self-medicate. So, you know, what is your suggestion, Liz? You know, when someone sees that they're in it, and it is brainwashing to some degree, um, what's it called, Mm -hmm. the Stockholm Syndrome type of thing? Trauma bonding. Trauma bonding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Manipulation. How does, you know, how does someone, if they're not quite there yet to walk away, where, how do they sort of, any tips for them to, A, recognize it, B, pull themselves out of it, and C, 
to, to, to not self-medicate. What about smoking more pot? Wouldn't that do it? <laughs> Edibles. <laughs> yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. Anything. You name it. How about we just but, go to the gym and work out and meditate? Oh, That's what I do. Wow. How sounds like fun to me. Just keep it healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the gym. Although I, although I did just go buy a whole bunch of hiking things. I'm going to start hiking. Oh, so that's excellent. a good thing. But um, but would you have any any before I let you off the air, because I, I want to do a real interview later on with you. And I really appreciate staying on and giving us some insight from a professional um, and, and a professional and and a survivor. Um, mm-hmm. What are there any parting words that you want to say to any of the listeners? Well, you know, in some ways you can't push the river. And so um, I I think people have to get miserable enough before they get out. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, you can (laughs) you can block out anything your friends are telling you or, you know, it's easy to justify and to rationalize. um, And we only tend to make changes when we're in enough pain. Mm Um, and I think um, the unfortunate thing about medicating is that you, when you medicate the pain, it just prolongs the, the, the information that you need in order to get out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, you know, you, you, you dull the impulse, and um, so that just makes it longer. You probably stay in a relationship longer if you're, if you're numbing yourself out in any way oh, whatsoever. Yes, so, um, I mean, I, Sorry. I think, you know, being quiet with yourself... Listening to yourself, you know, uh, listening to your inner wisdom, taking some time to really, you know, what do I know to be true? How does this feel? Does this feel okay? Does this not feel okay? You know, to be asking yourself these questions. But, I mean, I think we, uh, everybody's got their own journey in this. Mm -hmm. And, um, like I said, I'm not sure you can push the river. All right. Omara has one last question. I do have this burning question burning 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 yearning free liz um i've always wondered you know how the narcissistic uh, a severe narcissist can talk do this dogma and talk about themselves like they're god and and that you know say these absurd things about themselves and all that sort of grandiosity grandiosity Mm -hmm. i wonder do they deep down really feel that way about themselves or are they aware i mean that's i never know if they really feel that way or they have such poor self-esteem that they're just putting that on to make themselves feel better it's yeah i don't think this is a matter of awareness by Mm -hmm. the way but i think that that what i think you're absolutely right that this personality disorder probably like borderline Mm -hmm. and 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 some others really is about somebody being feeling having a complete emptiness inside And um, that that they do what they can do to fill in that emptiness. Okay, so they don't. They so, have but that, I don't. Th- I don't think it's at a conscious level. Yeah, they believe the lie that they're saying. So while they they're saying the story. these crazy things about themselves and how they should be treated and this and that, they literally believe that. But you're saying yes. it's not about that. It's about the fact that they are void and they're just void inside and empty, and so they lapse yes. into this behavior. Okay. Um. Yes. I had one other fucking question, and it went out the way. But you know what? Whatever. <laughs> I have no clue. I mean, it was going to be a. It was burning too. Was it burning? Yeah. Oh, I sorry. think it's because I'm menopausal <laughs> and I'm sweating. Maybe it's like <laughs> gaslighting no, burning. No, no. It's burning in here. It's the lights. Because I'm burning shit. too. <laughs> well, Liz. Oh, Liz. I did. I know what I want to ask you. Like for a lot of types of psychosis and stuff, there's medica- like real medication, um, pharmaceuticals. 
Is there any yeah, cure no. for a no. fucking narcissist? No. no. No, no. Okay. Sad. No. It's so sad. No. And this is not a this is not a psych, psychosis. It's a, a psychosis is a thought disorder. This is not a psychosis. Psychosis can be treated pretty well with medication. This is a personality disorder, and there really has not been much, if any, success treating any personality disorders with medication. That is so weird. That, what so are they just? Bo- well, okay. Here's the thing, Liz. I heard. That, <laughs> I heard. No, no. I heard that narcissism. <laughs> Starts from a traumatic incident in someone's childhood, right? That's what I heard. Well, so I'm wondering, are you born with this uh, personality disorder, or is it from your environment? I, I, I couldn't answer that. I don't think anybody has the answer to that. Mm. Sometimes they say teenage. I've been reading te- starts in your teens. Mm. But, but a personality well, disorder. You, you would see evidence of a per- You know, have you heard of the, the triad of um, bedwetting, yes. torturing mm-hmm. animals, and yes. Um, yes. setting fires? Yes. Right? Oh, my goodness. That appear in children? That's That's a kind of... A triad that um, suggests psychopathy. Sounds messy. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So yes. you see that kind of thing early on, and that person—that's really going to be a lifelong. I mean, it sounds so mm-hmm. pessimistic and no, awful, but really a lifelong um, situation. Mm-hmm. And no therapy helps. Not really. Yeah. No. Because well, not if you well, don't. Why? Really. Well, why? If you don't well, right. think there's anything wrong yeah, right. with you, it's, you, it's like right. that your scenario talking to a damn wall. God, it's so yeah. And it's yeah, right, exactly. It's like you're a narcissist, and then even if you confront it, because I did, I did, I I got to a oh, point. Confront. I confronted and uh-huh. said you are a narcissist, <laughs> right? And they like totally went in my way. And I will tell you a funny story. I started the show, and um, again, narcissism does come up. And the night of the show, I get a call from the person. And she said, why are you talking about our relationship? Why are you talking oh. about me? <laughs> and you tell me you're not a narcissist. Seriously. Seriously. And now we don't talk. And, and you know, and, and what's really sad is that her, there's a piece of me that loves her a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. She's kind of like a wounded bird. Yeah. Um, mm. and Sad. I felt I could help her through this, which is my problem. Uh-huh. Um, I have stopped. <laughs> I mean, that was the last one that I, I stopped it because it was back and forth and back and forth and verbal abuse. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I thought, oh, she'll come around. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of her favorite things used to say to me, no mm-hmm. matter how bad she used to yell at me, call mm-hmm. me names. She said, I don't understand. Oh, uh, she said, because yeah. I can't even rattle you. Huh. Oh, jeez, well. She'll be on the phone in a minute. In a minute, she'll be on the phone. As a matter of fact, we haven't talked for months, and I'm sure I'll get that call. Every, uh, yeah, I probably will. You know, uh, Liz, and she's in Portland. Gay, Liz, uh, hey, Gay, yeah. Gay, I got to get off the phone yes. now. I'm late for an Go. appointment. Go. Thank you so much. Bye. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Liz. Bye, Liz. Bye, Liz. Thank Thank you. Hey, everybody. Just, uh, bye, guys. Bye, bye, honey. Three, two, three, five, two, four, two, five, nine, nine. We have another caller. Hi, this is Gay Ann. Welcome to Between the Sheets. Who's calling, please? Hey, Gay, it's Christine Blasdale. Hi! Oh, my God, I totally plugged your show. Yes, she did. Oh, you did? I totally plugged your show. Everyone, this is Christine. She is brilliant. She is, does the show Out of the out Box. Of the box. Yep. She actually um, interviewed a three-part interview. Three is coming out soon with that oh with my. that guy, yes. H.G. It's Tudor. coming out this weekend. It's really? actually going to come out... Uh, 
either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, just depends if I can get my stuff together. But and as soon I as I had to call in, be- uh, hold on one second. And Christine is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to be part of this show one day. She lives awesome. um, at the beach. Okay. Um, she had an unfortunate accident, so she can't come up. Sorry. But one day I may just have to go there and drive her ass up to be in this oh, in this because uh, she's one of our circle. She's wonderful. Yeah. So there, I promoted you. Love you very much. So go. Yes, uh, thank you so so very much. This is so fresh because I just uh, conducted the interview with H.G. Uh, Tudor, who is a psychopathic uh, narcissist, and um, the the work that he's done. Although he admits that he is a master psychopathic narcissist, he has actually helped quite a few people um, escape the clutches of narciss- uh, narcissists. Um, several thousand of them. The the thing that um, when you had mentioned, you know, is there any kind of therapy or can they be rehabilitated? The answer is no. Um, many of them lack all empathy. So it is like a vampire. They, they, they do not have empathy. So they don't care if they're hurting your heart. They don't care if you're um, destroyed, uh, your trust in human beings are destroyed. It is all about fuel. And the fuel for a narcissist is your emotions, your emotional energy. So that means positive that, or negative. Um, right. mm-hmm. That's the gaslighting, right? That's the the love bombing. You know, the, in the beginning, the honeymoon, the love bombing. You're my soulmate. Oh my God, I can't imagine uh, I'm ever meeting the person of my dreams. And then there's the ignoring, and then there's the triangulation where they're off with other people, and then they lie to you about. They lie about everything, by the way. Oh um, my God, this hurts so but bad. But their their this fuel really is your emotion. And one thing that he made very clear is that he said, if you know, you must go. In other words, if you know the person that you are dating or you're married to or who is your mother, you must go because you cannot rehabilitate them. Mm -hmm. You cannot save the marriage or save the relationship. And they will continue until you're completely destroyed. Does that mean that was something that came across very harsh, but but very true? Does that mean that you cut them out of your lives completely, or you learn to set yes. boundaries? What no. does that mean? You cut you come. It means you block them on all your social media. You do not answer phone calls. You tell friends and family, do not talk about this person with me. Do not talk to them about me. You do not answer calls. You do not answer emails. If you have to move to another location, you do that. So, Christine, because, I mean, we treat these yeah. pe- we're treating these people on the very same platform that we do stalkers. They are. They're emotional stalkers. Not only emotional, I but call finan- them heart collectors. I call them heart, heart collectors. collectors but financial collectors, you know. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who is in this relationship now and has loaned this person, you know, a few thousand. So, I mean, they are after everything, right? They're after your livelihood, if some way, your life. Oh, yeah. Right? Your soul. They'll spend they're, little. They're they, after, they especially... remember, it's the emotional fuel, the emotional charge. So, if they get you upset, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. So, if it's financial ruin, great. If it's um, they break your heart, they're, shooting, they're cheating on you, whatever, great. It's keeping you in that emotional charge. When you disconnect that and when you cut that off completely, they don't have that food, that source. Mm-hmm. So they're going to keep trying. For, they're going to keep trying for a little bit longer, but then they're going to go somewhere else now, because they need that. Now, Christine, for example, scenario. 
someone sees someone at a party. They eye them. Let's say they're looking at them. Then they make the first move. And I'm not talking sexually, just the first move. And then you're saying then once they get to know you a little bit, then they come in sort of for the courtship. Maybe if it's just a friendship. So they'll come up with maybe some bullshit like, oh, I've known you in another life. Or the psychic yes. told me that this is, this is the house I was going to live in. This is, you have the hair color. So they start that. Is mm-hmm. it that called grooming? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's love bombing and grooming. And here's another thing. When, when uh, their victims are usually empaths. Mm-hmm. because empathic people, and I'm an empath, and I had this happen to me, and I couldn't believe that someone would ever do something like that. I mean, who would do that, right? In your right mind, who would spend all that energy and time? Well, an emotional vampire Got would it. do that. And they are attracted to empaths because empaths think that other people love like they do. Empaths think that that you have, if somebody's hurting, you want to make them feel better. You want to help them. And a narcissist lacks empathy. So mm. it's the perfect victim. Ugh. And when somebody, and usually they're quite charming, many times they're good looking. Mm-hmm. It could be a man, it could be a woman. And you're like, oh my gosh, here's this really gorgeous person who's telling me all these great things that I really like to hear about. How sexy I am, how great I am, how smart I am. And there's a part of us that wants to believe that because but Christine, who would do that but Christine, to somebody else? When right? someone has been through this and then someone genuine comes along, like mm-hmm. an empath. So you've been with narcissists and then an empath comes along and is genuine. How difficult, how, I mean, it has to, it is difficult then for the person that's the victim to learn to trust immediately. Yes. Well, that's the importance of your program. That's yeah. the importance of right. the series of the, the three programs that I've done with my interview with a master narcissist. The importance is of those programs is because millions of people have been so devastated that they lack trust now in anyone. Their hearts have been shattered into powder. And so the idea of even going out on the ledge and maybe letting someone else in to do that to them again is so painful that they would rather, you know what, I'd rather just sit at home with my cats, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a mentality. Mm-hmm. For myself, um, it was shortly after I had experienced a narcissist and discovered all, connected all the dots, right? Because there was always a red flag. Right. There's mm-hmm. always a red flag, but we ignore it because sure. they come back and say something really beautiful or they do something really nice or they yeah. give you a present or whatever. So they keep you ensnared. But when I found out everything and I was like, oh, my God, and I cut everything off, I had a very hard time trusting my heart, mm-hmm. trusting myself. Mm-hmm. And you said something earlier, which was very important. You have to first forgive yourself, number one. Number two, you have to turn all of that love that you gave that other person back to yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to fully love yourself and forgive yourself, then you may have the opportunity to open up to someone else. And oh. I was extremely lucky. My my true twin heart, my true sacred heart, my, my she's my wife right now. Yay. She came into my life. How but long? In the beginning, I got to know. How long? Terrible. How long? How long oh, between just, recovery a, and... A few mo- for, well, it was a few months after, I would say it was probably 
two to three months after where I was just completely isolated, where I just I just shut everybody off. I just said, I've just got to mm-hmm. uh, heal myself mm-hmm. and not and, and not look anywhere else except for within myself. And then and that's part and of then the key. how did you then at that point, once the healing process began, what what? What did you, why did you say, were you then at that point going, I am now opening my heart up to love? Or did you just stumble upon your future, your wife? She actually found me and she found me on social media, which is also another feeding ground for narcissists, Mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They love social media because they'll go and they'll stalk your profile and they'll see that you posted some uh, poem by Rumi about three months ago or three years ago. And then they'll come to you one day and they'll quote Rumi and they'll go, I don't got I really love Rumi. And they're like, oh, you're kidding me too. I love, you know, Rumi and chocolate <laughs> chips and the same things you do. Wow. Well, they've already studied your profile. So they How's all know that. But when, <laughs> when she came into my life, I had gotten to the point where I had said I had gotten done with, with uh, bashing myself and being upset with myself mm-hmm. for being a fool. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to say, you know what? I deserve love and I trust myself. Wow. And it takes a big, big leap of shift. faith. It's but there shift. are millions of other people that are, they're, they're done. They're, they're after a narcissist experience, mm-hmm. they're, they're done. And especially they're not, if they're not doing it again. If you've grown up and, and just one after another in your life and it has done such damage Uh, you can lose sight of who you are and the real truth. And Mm -hmm. I remember I used to really need the validation of other people so that I could love myself because I was, um, you know, I was really put down a lot in my life. And I feel like it, I just, I couldn't see the accuracy of who I was. It's very hard to be objective about your own self anyway. Right. But I was, I, I had, I've had a job done on my head, you know, and it's still extremely hard to, um, to start to love myself. But there is this insecurity. I mean, even with me, there is still this little bit of insecurity, little bit of self-esteem um, that is around there as, you know, and I always say, you know, am I not good enough? Mm-hmm. Am I not good enough? How come someone doesn't want to love me? I love them back. Am I not good enough? You know, and it does play with my head because I am open and willing. They're incapable, to... but they're incapable of love. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm going to fall in love with another narcissist. And if I do, please take mm-hmm. me to the back and shoot me. That's yeah, all I'm I asking. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's I'm, I want healthy. I'm opting yeah. in for healthy and I am, you know, not, you know, I just want healthy. When you say incapable of love, they truly do not feel love or do they know they don't feel love? Do they know they have no empathy? No, they don't. They, they feel, don't. They, they, feel they, like... they, they, because they lack, because they lack the empathy, they, they lack the ability to love. I, I've studied a few of the, of the, like the grand narcissists, the, like the HG tutors, and it's many of them, and I think your, your friend, the psychologist, would agree. Many of these people have suffered trauma at a mm-hmm. very That's early age. That's what I age. asked her. That's mm-hmm. what I asked her. Yeah. 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 So they've suffered trauma at a very early age when we're talking like baby infant type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's sexual abuse or mm-hmm. trauma, tra- physical abuse or emotional abuse. And mm-hmm. so they've cut off their feelings because the initial thing that a baby wants is love. 
Right. And they reach out to their parent. Now, if their parent is, you know, torturing them, well, they learn to shut that off and almost to go into another personality just to survive. I think it's that full full of shame. Mm -hmm. So, Christine, I mean, I know there's a whole bunch of things, as we talked about, I think the two bigger things that we discussed and just threw on a table were love bombing and um, and uh, gaslighting. Mm-hmm. What what do you call this when this happens? When you're out and you're out with people and the narcissist who is out with str- pretty much strangers and their friend, partner, or whatever it is at the time, and they begin to discredit that person in front of strangers at the table mm-hmm. and belittle them. Oh, you mean when they're not there and you're in front Oh, no, of everybody's all at this table. Who are they belittling? They're belittling the victim. The victim. That's sitting there. That's yeah. sitting there. Oh. And this was the first time that I had met the victim. And it was me, my friend, and them. And they belittled the victim. And for I was horrified. Oh, and um, And, it, but it was like the narcissist... It's like, A, the narcissist didn't give a fuck because there's no empathy. No. But didn't even, like, think that this could be even inappropriate mm-hmm. to fucking do at a mm-hmm. social gathering. Because they don't feel like us. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like normal people. They don't They don't exactly. understand that Socio- that's hurting that's you. That's so theo- sociopathic. But, but not thought- only, but the thing is, as an empath, my heart fucking broke at that table and I was this close from saying something, mm-hmm. which I did not. And luckily they left early and we, you know, had a discussion so after. So someone's a covert narcissist, yeah. aren't they hiding the fact that they're mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't that, I don't quite understand. But that's person. a mean motherfucker. A I mean, that's type. a whole different type of, different narcissist, type of narcissist who, you know, is, you know, very popular. You know, they feel they, they've got this this crowd around them that makes them fill their Mm. ego and fill their stuff and yet yet they take a person Mm -hmm. who was in fucking love Mm -hmm. and totally decimated them in front of perfect fucking strangers because so mean-spirited it is uh, so i would say that they're even though they can't feel anything how are they like able to be so mean because they they don't know they're being mean yeah and they don't have the awareness that they are mean. It's also I mean, a form of isolating. Another thing that they like to do mm-hmm. is they and like to isolate their absolutely. victim. <laughs> oh, so they'll speak, they'll totally tell lies about the person to other friends, you know, on social media. They go, oh, she's this crazy nut job, this psycho who follows me around and she says you know, that we're seeing each other and we're not, you know, I'm, I'm married or, you know, I love my wife and, and this, this woman is just crazy. They like to do that to isolate the victims and to make them look like the crazy one. This makes me just so fucking angry because, again, my life was very quiet. Um, And now, not only now what has happened to me is that the narcissist has blocked me because they saw pictures on Facebook and stuff with people. So I am blocked. So okay. the narcissist did me the favor. Yeah. Right. But now the third party, yeah. the friend that was coming in to rescue this person, who, by the way, is another narcissist, <laughs> now called me the other night and didn't say nice things. So, I mean, the thing is, I have one isolating me and one affecting me. 
are trying to create this schism between me and this person. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm going to make the assumption that they purposely want to draw a wedge between me and my friend. I'm going to guess that. Is that a technique, Christine? It's just a triangulation. It's, it's to evoke emotion from you, and it's working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Very well. Well, because, I can't help it. And if they blocked you, if they blocked you, it's to evoke an emotion from you. Correct. So that yes. you beg them to come back. To well, get I ain't begging this you. bitch. You know, she's too fucking old to act this way. Um, but I am begging her. <laughs> I'm actually looking at it as good riddance. And the other one I am going to keep at bay um, because I don't care. I don't know these people. But I really want to just say thank you for jumping in. Thank you for giving us your insight. Thank you you for your support. And I will come down there, down there, up there, you're down, to come and pick (laughs) you up and bring you. And then when when your wife is in town, let's let's go out to dinner. I'd love that. I'd love that. Thank you, Christine. And check out check out the uh, the third part of the series on narcissists. It's, I'm gonna. It'll be out tomorrow, and it's at out of the box with Christine.com. There'll be a link to the the show. Perfect. Awesome. Wonderful. Definitely. Thank you. Thank All right. you. Hey everyone. Thank thanks you. for your work. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone. Thank you. This has been. This is. It's an mm-hmm. amazing show. We have half an hour um, left. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the roundtable of the ladies, but we still want to hear your calls. Three two three five two four two five nine nine. So we're half an hour in. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear everybody's fucking story i want to touch on something really um what christine had said about you have to go when you it's if you know you go when i was in coda the codependence anonymous we also learned because it's a spinoff of alcoholics anonymous and such that sometimes you can't go okay sometimes with Mm -hmm. an alcoholic you are in a situation where going is not a possibility So how do you deal then with the person who is causing all this chaos? And that's why I started to read a ton of books. And one of the techniques, I mean, basically what I have found is I do know that going would be the opportune thing for me and I'd love to, but sometimes I can't go. So if I'm not either ready to go or whatever, it's not like my life is going to be hell. And it is, I sometimes feel like that will be the case. But if you learn some techniques, like one of these techniques in a book told me to picture the narcissist in front of you at an eight, at age five. Mm-hmm. You guys have probably heard this, no, right? You, no. You, no. You, you're supposed to picture them as if they are age five in front of you because that is where their their emotional uh, growth has been stunted. So that is one technique that I have found you can try. But again, like it's just so pervasive and it's it's a lot so similar to living with somebody who is an alcoholic or unpredictable and all that. I just wish we could all kind of talk about mm-hmm. what other techniques are there if you can't go. What are you supposed to do? For me, uh, in my life, um, you know, because I do have some family members that are, I just shut down. I just turn them off. <clears throat> it's like a, a TV. Oh, te- mentally. Yeah, mentally. I, I just turn them off like a TV station. They could they could keep going, but I'll just completely tune out and I'll already be in my head thinking about something else. How do you do that? Else. What are you like? You're just not really listening? Or are you in front of them at the time when this is going on? Yeah, I, I, could, I could be both. I could mm-hmm. be, they could be, you know, talking in front of me or... 
are just in a different room but yeah talking in front of me i just shut down and i just think of a song in my head yeah and it's just like you know early but when that's I your came coping in, mechanism my coping yeah. mechanism i could shut down because i was raised what if by they're them. asking you questions and they're expecting you to answer them on things who cares I, do we I really have I to fucking respond. pay attention to these fuckers yeah. i don't respond because you're giving them what they want uh-huh. And so I'm just going to say, you know, I don't choose to, you know, uh, respond to you or engage with you right now. I tend to just right agree with the narcissist even when I don't. But you're feeding into it, which is what she just told me, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, when I, you know, when I was blocked. I mean, I texted her. Oh, don't think I didn't text her. I texted her and I said, why did you block me? And her answer was, you won't understand. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, <laughs> fuck you. And, and I didn't say that. I was just, I just got, they do not understand. And I pulled back. Mm-hmm. And then I took a breath mm-hmm. because I am a hot tempered Italian. Mm-hmm. And when people attack my friends, mm-hmm. I am on you like a pit bull. <laughs> um, but I realize I'm not dealing with someone with a full deck. That's right. the whole thing. That's why I would agree because sometimes it's just easier to just. You are an autopilot? Sure, totally. Oh, can you believe she did this to me? Oh, I oh, can't even. Oh, you sound even. such like a valley girl right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even heard me do my valley girls. So, like, um, they'll be like, can you even believe that she's <laughs> That's so good. And that's a good like a like, big butt song. That's so sexy. No, <laughs> like, call like, me later tonight. Like, I, exactly. Like, I literally couldn't like fucking believe she said this can you literally believe she said this to me but that's gossip too Um, no no no, i know but what i'm saying is i know when i'm in the company of a narcissist that i'm not going to try to reason can't get my point across Mm -hmm. i am stuck for whatever reason Mm -hmm. in this conversation Mm -hmm. i want it to be over as fast as i can that's your so what i do is agree but why not do what i do what what do you do you confront you walk away. Yeah. You yeah. disarm. If you yeah. you can't. have to disarm because there's there's something, you know, there's there's something bubbling under. So here's the question that I have for you, Gayan. Yes, is, Tristan. Is <laughs> what we were talking Sorry, about Roxanne. earlier. <laughs> you talk about split what personality. What we were talking about <laughs> earlier. Oh, Roxanne. Roxanne. So so it is all about disengaging. You know, mm-hmm. we all can agree on that. So when they disengaged from you and unfriended you and blocked you, why did that make you so upset? Like for me, when someone unfriends me and blocks me, I'm like, oh, good riddance. I no mm-hmm. longer have to deal with that person. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that that person does not belong in my life. Why are you charged? Most people are, Gan. Thank you. Because <laughs> I'm upset. every woman. <laughs> I, I'm thankful to but God. But is, that is what they're looking for. They're looking for the, the charge. charge. So you're feeding into I did. Them. I did feed one so, time. You're why? human. You yeah. know? But I mean, because, why? Because I have so, because I have so much anger at, at, at this person that she disrespected my friend. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have a voice. I could. I would have throttled mm-hmm. her. Yeah. In her fucking. I would throttle her if I saw her tomorrow. Um, I won't. Yeah. I okay. won't. This I is won't. the challenge: is not mm-hmm. letting mm-hmm. this anger from these people get it, like rattle us so much all the time. Cheryl, mm-hmm. right. I want to hear I, from you. I just want to tell you guys that I was just in this situation with a friend of mine uh, like a week ago. I was visiting. And I had it right in front of me that this person she was dating actually tried to keep her and I apart he like I was flying in I saw I'm flying in on the airplane and he's making excuses that you know she shouldn't be seeing me or he's making reasons making things up 
And so, I mean, that's really hurtful, right? When you're someone's, you know, childhood friend, you're going there to visit them, they're in a new relationship, and all of a sudden their new person in their life is trying to block you. And uh, and I so I saw it, and I saw the love bombing, and I didn't realize it was a high. Like, that helped me understand, because she was getting text. Like, I was with her, right? So I got with her, and she, I mean, this texting is nonstop. I got to tell yeah, you guys, it's... That's weird. It's, it's, it's amazing to mm. observe it and watch it happening right in front of me. And, you know, I, I am a medium. I'm intuitive. I help people when I do readings for them. I help them whether they're male or female. You know, I try to help them. I, I recommend a couple of books that, that I uh, have learned a lot from. One of them is Dr. Christian Northrup mm-hmm. called oh, Dodging yes. Energy Vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, she I'd also like has that book. She has a lot of free videos on mm-hmm. YouTube and on her website. Uh, but once again, it is an energy vampire. And really the best thing to do is to, um, you know, sever, sever all ties. I know. Yeah. It really, you really is. do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and I think you do. I mean, I don't, I mean, that is why it, it's interesting because when you see your friends going through it and you are, you've, you've, you see clarity, yeah. you absolutely see the clarity. When it's not it. you going through it. When it's you're not it. going yeah. through yeah. it. Right. You could see it and you recognize the signs and then you tell them and they're not really a hundred percent willing to listen because there's just that little glimmer of, of, um, not sympathy, but something for them. But, try, but truly you need to, once you make that decision to uh-huh. walk away, uh-huh. And I'm looking at you because you just made that decision. Yay. Yes. I, the decision was made for me. I want to be clear about that. Okay. But here's the deal. When you tell a narcissist they're a narcissist, they will discard you. Hmm. They will discard you in a heartbeat without any warning. That's good. Because nothing's wrong with them. They're perfect. And it is. It turned it's out a way to, to get rid of them. It turns out to be good, obviously, because yeah. my my loyalty and my love are so deep and strong i would never leave you i would never leave you i will never think mm. that there's nothing we can't overcome mm-hmm. i that's i would who i am i'll tell you why why mara i well i'm sure you want to know <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe in unconditional love what do you mean you don't believe in i don't believe in it because i believe that that i keep you in my <clears throat> life if you are able to reciprocate and be and and be loving and if you're not and you're a narcissist i i don't have love for you it's it's like i don't i need i mean it's really sad too if you're like if you love the person because your ties go really deep but yet still see that they're a narcissist so i believe that everybody has the right to walk away from somebody mm-hmm. if they're being violated and they're not absolutely and and mm-hmm. that i guess that's why i say and i don't believe in unconditional love because no if you treat me that way i won't be there but i for think you. that's that's great for you yeah. too because you have had so much coda and you've gotten so much help i was just starting that process i think i was two months into coda when somebody yeah. said hey have you ever heard the term narcissist and that was literally well, 10 months ago. I never heard no, it I've before. No, I've dealt with this my mm. whole life. So. Yeah. But the thing is, with unconditional love, I mean, I have, I've always been told, you have this, you have probably the greatest capacity than anyone I've ever met to love unconditionally. And I do. I do. Um, I agree. If it's, uh, but, uh, you know, look, I've been Sounds like you love bombing yourself there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's great then, if she is. I want to bomb myself Because too. I don't. <laughs> Because I do want to go into something with an open heart yeah. and an open mind and give the relationship an opportunity. 
now as I get older, I'm able to be discerning. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm learning to be discerning. That word comes up in the mm -hmm. past year. Word. That word has been coming from everywhere. It needs to be everybody's word. And the number 1111. But, <laughs> um, but before that, I, I gave. I gave and it was completely genuine. Mm -hmm. And I'm like you. Um, and I, this, this was not my narcissist relationship. Um, I was with someone for 18 years because I love them. And I always would say, this is going to work. It's going to work. And you'd go to therapy and you'd go to here. That's marriage, right? That's what they want to have happen in marriage. Yeah, and maybe I'm old school and my parents were <laughs> married for 53 years no, and it was a wonderful relationship. And I wanted that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I guess I just threw myself into these relationships with the hope that that would be what I would find. And then I got into the lesbian community. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you can find that it's hopeless. The but also, you and know, forever flew right out the door. <laughs> forever, exactly. So, like, you know, it's about it's about valuing someone and devaluing someone. Mm -hmm. And when someone holds that in the palm of their hands uh -huh. to determine your future, that's fucked up. It totally is. But you have to value yourself more than anybody. Exactly. And but most of us okay. come into this shit. <laughs> Because Perfect. we are mm -hmm. all a little bit broken. Oh, we all are a little is. dysfunctional. Yes, totally. yes. This is the norm, okay? We come into this world a little skewed up. So it's then, you know, and we're told not to love ourselves, love others, mm -hmm. love this, projection, don't value shine. this, don't mm -hmm. shine. So by the time we turn 50-ish, mm -hmm. <laughs> You're sitting here going, how did this happen to me? I think the biggest thing of all of this is that uh, for people like us that are em empaths, um, it's extremely daunting that's to under try to even attempt to understand a narcissistic mm -hmm. personality disorder. It's like we can't go there. I don't yeah. get. I don't get it. And there's nothing more crazy making than tr than that for us to try to wrap our heads mm -hmm. around. Yeah, it seems it so. Make any it's sense. so foreign. Foreign, yes. And and you know uh, what I also experienced was you know the they usually have addictive behaviors also. Did you guys know oh. that? I mean, no, I did not. The narcissists. <laughs> narcissists oh, yeah, I know that. are you know whether it's the alcohol <laughs> or, or the food. sex or the yeah. food or the gambling. I mean, they do kind of have other addictions along with that to That's help people recognize you know that they're in that type of relationship. Hmm. Uh, and also, like I said, jealousy, uh, usually a narcissist has a very high degree of jealousy where that isolation does happen. They want to isolate you and, uh, you know, to have you all to themselves and that way they can, you know, work their manipulation on you, so to speak. And because when they have you all to themselves, the triangulation works so much better. Oh. Right. And this like I'm talking about a friend mm. of mine, you know. There was this one person, while she was in the narcissist relationship, came to the rescue and isolated. And she was just like, let's go out. Let's mingle. Let's do this. And they always wanted to create situations where it was always them two doing this, them two doing that. And, the, and you know, she would have to push her friend to go, no, let's go out in public. So... You know, it was like double mind fuck. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. And I think the biggest thing is the red flags. And as soon as we really listen to our instincts, 
don't you know we get some, I get red flags sometimes when I have no reason to like my or my intuition will say I don't like this person I don't I don't feel comfortable around this person and I the most frustrating thing is when I don't have any reason to think that but something's coming on a deeper level here so mm-hmm. I think for me the best thing I pat myself on the back when I get out of relationships with narcissists sooner than I would have in the past. Every mm-hmm. time is progress. Like, well, I only lasted two months there, you know. Right. Out. Good for you. That's yeah. But the really question good. here, Mara, the for goal. you, mm-hmm. <clears throat> why do you get into them anymore at all? Well, sometimes I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if you've I, got the signs, honey. Well, no, no, no. Because there must be a part of me that is not, that is either trying to, it's familiar. So mm-hmm. I want, I attract that because it's familiar. A lot of them have fucking great sense of humor, you know, which I mean, I love that. Like sometimes to me, like if someone has a great sense of humor, if they're on like, I know it's better than sex, if they're on my level, it's better than sex. Then I, yeah, then I just like, I I want to, you haven't had good sex. I'll continue to tell you that. I've got a feeling Cheryl could probably. I have had good fucking sex. (laughs) Every time you say that, you haven't. (laughs) I've never had good sex. And you know, I just want to go back to what you were saying. I only have had good sex in my 50s. Okay, there's hope for me then. Yes. Okay, so go back to what Mara was saying. You touched on a great topic subject right there you said there was something that you felt and i think because we're all empaths at this table we need to listen to our intuition we just do because we know things on a deeper level that most people just don't but but sometimes that here's what i'm going to say it felt so good that I ignored every red oh, flag that came that's up. Right. Oh, yeah. Six but see, that's, felt so right. but that's what I'm saying. But you, you get knew, this, though. Fe- but you, know? you get this feeling. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's why I'm glad Cheryl's here. Because, I mean, we, we are all, besides empaths, everybody except for narcissists, we have, we're intuitive. Mm-hmm. We literally are at that base of our core. We are intuitive. And it still is a mind fuck that we screw up with our own heads. When we see that and feel it, we go forward. Like a friend of mine, she said she ran away from her. Mm-hmm. The woman came, got her, and she knew it wasn't right, but she still slipped into well, it. Well, we keep calling just... ourselves victims, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's really quite right. No. We choose it sometimes. Agreed. Choose it, exactly. Right. We choose it. We choose the broken child that we want to fix. Yes. True. Very yeah, true. wanting to Always fix done. people. Very true. And oh, wanting to fix people and save yes. them. And because the right. thing is, I will say, I will say straight up, I mean, I'm not only an empath, I'm an addict. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do too damn much to make me feel like shit about myself. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take you too long Aww. to make that happen to me or to take all the blame on myself. I'm, I'm more than happy to me do too. that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a narcissist wet dream. Oh, yeah, I right. know. You're an empath. And, you know, I think just in a healthy perspective, sometimes we do look at ourselves first to see how we can improve. Mm-hmm. But then there comes a point where, you know, maybe it was said the right way where we, you start doubting yourself and then then that door opens and then there you go. But it's I think that we're, we're all on paths and we're learning life lessons that s- some people have to learn different life lessons. For me, the repetitive one is narcissism that keeps coming into my life over and over and over and over again. I've been narcissist. I wouldn't say I, I've been self-involved in my life many times where I haven't grown up to where I'm at now with therapy and CODA and everything. But I used to be, there were times where I was very self-involved. I always had empathy for people. 
and was very sensitive. But I could be like the world revolves around me when I was in my 20s. Well, I had a little well, start. We all were. You, you know, know? I, had a, I, had, I was on the radio in London and I was kind of famous for a while. Quite a while, actually. Ooh. And it it's it does go to your head. It does. It right. does. It's really not. It's not a healthy place to be. No, no, I mean, look, this show has gone to my head every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, my job. You know what I do for a job. People, yeah, would die for. Yeah, it goes to my head sometimes, mm -hmm. and I think that's human. Mm -hmm. It's you can fluctuate in and out, but the important part is awareness of what you're doing and not staying in that space so and to have the people and circle around you that when you get to that space go are you fucking kidding yeah. me yeah oh yeah i have friends call me out in my group me of friends. too yeah. and that's the people you want around yeah, the ones like to call you out mm -hmm. and the times that they call you out those are the same people that you need to listen to when you get into a screwed up, narcissistic, bullshit relationship mm -hmm. that you have to trust them. Keep your circle of friends mm -hmm. tight, only trust. It's kind of like I said on Facebook, keep your friends close, mm -hmm. keep your enemies, your enemies closer, mm -hmm. and if they're batshit crazy, run the fuck away. Oh yeah. But I also do wanna say that we all, every person has their own screwed up stuff. There mm -hmm. is not one person out there that's perfect or is not fighting some demon or dealing with something. So I think that's why I'm, I'm understanding them so much more. Like I'm thinking, well, I've got my stuff and, and this is just your stuff and we'll work mm -hmm. on it and mm -hmm. it'll be okay. But they don't see that. But what I want to say too is we have to build our own selves up. Like Mara was saying, we have to get those boundaries firm yep. and we have to really start taking care of ourselves because it's not their fault. We participated Correct. in it willingly. Right. We chose it. I went yes. willingly. And not mm -hmm. only that, but it's it's just that realization, oh, I'm talking to a crazy person. I don't need to take this personal. <coughs> I guess well, the four agreements. Well, you just have to I'm not be so damn polite. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you run. That's true. I, mean, I work in the entertainment business. I need to work on my boundaries. I I'm going to tell you something. I have no boundaries. I'm, I don't. I, I just throw myself out there. But I'm okay with where the shit lands because I'm making that decision to live my life that way. Yes. But I work in the entertainment business. There would be no entertainment business without narcissists. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. So I have to Probably. thank you for my job. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, narcissists, oh, for me yes. having a job. There thank would be you. no comedy There'd without. There'd be nothing. There'd be no comedy without nothing. narcissism. And I just think that I just think that getting to a point in your mind where you realize you're talking to a wall, it's not you. Mm -hmm. It isn't you. Let's just get to that point. Because then we can start well, stop feeling so badly. I think that's it. Is they? I think that when you're in the relationship, that you feel alone, right? Don't you guys? I mean, that's the they or want you victimized, to or, victimized yeah. or alone. And you know uh, what Kim was saying, you know, about setting healthy boundaries really has to be at the top, you know, and the self love and the unconditional love for yourself, and then and then trying to trust yourself again. And and grounding is so important, right? We have so mm -hmm. many people yes. who aren't grounded who need to maybe practice mindfulness and but how isn't it powerful sad, that. Though, the, mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean no, to cut you off. No, go ahead. Isn't but you always do. Women, really? That is something it, that is bad that I need to stop doing. Oh, I'm going to not. sit here. Oh, stop it! No. We always, look. You're, you're talking I, to me. I cut everybody I off. I know. That's why I'm like, well, but you're cutting everybody off. Okay, so this is what I want to say. You know, back to what Cheryl was saying right now. The most important part is to forgive yourself. 
you know, whether we went knowingly or whether they tricked us or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Forgive yourself. It's just a mistake. We made a mistake. Move We're on. human. Move on. Hey, I want to try. It's 819. We have what? I don't know. I'm bad with math. 10, 9, 11. 11. 11. Thank you. 11 minutes. <laughs> 11 minutes. Um, th- I'm glad that I have human calculators because I am so screwed. I said nine minutes. Well, <laughs> oh, then we went to the same yeah. school. Yes. Okay. Um, I want to get one more caller. Please. One more caller. Um, not going to beg you. Well, maybe. Please. Please. <laughs> begging, begging. Puppy dog, please. Um, 323-524. To five nine nine. I'm looking at how many people are watching. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of people, um, and I appreciate it. But I would like one more call, and I'd like Kara to talk a little bit because Kara did her research. Yes, mm-hmm. and Kara's mm-hmm. been pretty quiet except for every once in a while a one-liner. Yeah. And um, that's my thing, baby. I know. I and I and that's why you're here. <laughs> but I love you, and you're very intelligent. And I would like you to participate. There's lots of stuff here. I mean... Well, I didn't say do all of it. Um, (laughs) Just pick something (laughs) important to end on. We've touched on pretty much everything, um, especially the sort of once you're there and you realize it, escape. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very big one. (laughs) But I I will say this, that I've been, at times I've been to a therapist around a narcissistic relationship that I was involved in. And, you know, it makes you wonder because they're mirrors as well. So they often mirroring yes. some of your own totally. not particularly pleasant traits. Mm. And I mean, you, it's crazy making. That's true. Um, can you talk about that more? Well, only in as much as, can you believe this? My therapist ha- also had a narcissistic issue in her family. Mm. <laughs> and so we, we had a lot we could actually, we actually talked further in than, than the actual therapy. But... Mm. Basically, what she did say was, if you're willing to talk about your own fears about your own narcissistic traits, that pretty much means you're not a narcissist. Yes, right, right, right. Um, And, and, you know, and if you have your own empathy, because you can get drawn in, because the gaslighting, the the twisting around of the truth, it's confusing. It's like your punch bag, punch bag. And uh, it's been a fascinating, interesting ride to be mirrored by someone you, you think is not a particularly nice person mm-hmm. but ha- you have to wonder like you mean like you look at them and you spot things about them yourself. that you have in yourself yes okay, yes Good. well no yeah. the- or maybe had let's to mm-hmm. be fair you know things i I've, I've done in my past when we were younger we all did s- stupid things bad things we all, we most of us have all of us have made mistakes but um, not me no, not you <laughs> <laughs> But as we grow older, we develop, we mature, and we see, we begin to draw the boundaries. And I think that's uh, wh- that's what she t- she taught me most of all. Um, Kim, mm. you're yeah. so pretty, isn't she? Isn't oh, she? Okay. She's gorgeous. Oh, oh, my God. Her eyes. I, I, I love that you're on the show. Thank you. I Thank really you. love um, that for really having this open wound. Mm-hmm. you know, recently, that you've had the courage mm-hmm. to come on the show. Thank you. Um, and I, I am pr- I'm, I'm thankful that you are healing. Um, I'm glad that we're friends. Thank you. I, I'm very happy about that. And I am healing. I mean, I have to say, like, we, we didn't really talk a lot about healing, but a ton of yoga for me. Coda, Codependence Anonymous. And yoga. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yoga has been amazing. Mm-hmm. 
And then a lot of um, just constantly a barrage all the way to work, all the way home, every time I'm in the car of like um, self-help or um, loving the self or just a constant barrage of those things. You know, I, I look back in my life and I actually probably think that my father was also narcissistic. He never wanted kids. He wanted my mother's whole attention. I mean, there it goes back in my past further than I wanted to admit. And that's, I had to start with the core wound. I had to start with the first one. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, move from there. Well, we have a caller. Someone Ooh. took our challenge. <laughs> hi, everybody. Or hi, everybody. Duh. It's one person, unless you're a big group and you're having a watching party. Um, hi, welcome to Between the Sheets, who's calling. And thank you for calling in after you saw my puppy dog eyes. <laughs> hey, Gayan. Hey, ladies. And Kim does have a lot of courage for being there. My name is Melanie, and uh, I just wanted to ask the panel, what would you do if you broke up with someone, and someone leans across and says, as you finally broke up with that narcissist, good for you. Then you look up narcissists, you figure it all out, and, you're, and you're, you save yourself, only to have that reflection, that time, you go away, you do whatever you can, only to have your friends let you know that this person sent a letter out to not only everyone that you know, but to both of you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and letter? I get calls from people mm -hmm. letting me know this letter went out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, what it's, letter? it's a what, what, form uh, of was it like I actually know this story. I know the story, and I didn't get was the letter. Smashing you or something? Yeah, well, dissing you. It was um, taking your inventory. I'll tell you. I'll I'll give it. I'll say it, Mel, because you'll probably give too much information. Um, it was sent to hi i'm in i'm moving on in life i'm wonderful this is what i'm oh, doing God. and by the way mm -hmm. um and i'm going to be really cruel here because i don't like i don't like her ex-girlfriend anyway yeah. um and there's a whole story there too you lesbians are fabulous i know we are aren't we yes she <laughs> ended up bite. sending these million people pretty much discrediting my friend oh i can't believe that and what was interesting is, of course, I wasn't on the list, and it was interesting the way she did it was so calculating and manipulative. Mm -hmm. But the stupid part of it is, is I think, Mel, when you have asked people, and I have even asked on my friend's behalf, mm -hmm. everyone said to me, wow, she really made herself look looked out like to be an asshole. See, intelligent people can spot that, right? Correct. Mel? I hope so. Can they? Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a narcissist for saying I'm intelligent, yeah. <laughs> but we can. It took me a year and a half to get out. It took me a year and a half good, to get good out. Good job, so Melanie. Boom. Fist bump. Well, I just say what's really funny is we sh there should be a group of nar narcissists anonymous, but it'd be empty. Um, and on that note, <laughs> that would be nice. thanks, Mel, for calling. I love Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. Thank you, ladies. Hey, everybody. Keep up the good work. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this tough um, episode um, of Between the Sheets. We'll, you know, as you know, no two shows are ever the same on this thing. Um, next episode, which will be nothing like this, we'll have Margaret Cho. Oh, September 6th, Margaret Love Cho yeah. will yeah, be Margaret. here. Um, it's going to be 
insane. Um, so maybe we'll talk about narcissism. I just think it should be a current theme. Just touch upon it every single episode. Uh, we can run and run. Run and run, yep. Um, and I think at the the third August, the third, uh, the, no, August, September, the third Friday in September, we're going to have Cherie Curry and Brie Darling. Mm-hmm. Cherie Curry was part of the original Runaways with Joan Jett, and they have a new album oh, coming out. Cool. So That's I think cool. we're going to have fun Great. with them. Um, but this is a dialogue that I want to continue. It shouldn't stop when the show ends. Talk to your friends. Talk to, mm-hmm. go to a, a, a mm-hmm. CODA. Find help. Read books. I mean, I'm the kind of person that didn't want to do it alone. I don't, because my head is a horrible space sometimes. You know, I mean, seriously, it's just so much overload and so much, you know, mea culpa, mea culpa, that I really need to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to your friends. Talk to, you know, a, a, a shrink. I mean, it doesn't matter. The point is, you know, recognize it. Get out. And if you're not strong enough to get out, find your circle to help mm-hmm. you. Ask for help. Ask for help. Yes, ask for help. Forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And make soup. That's what exactly. I do. <laughs> and, and have good soup. sex. And it is very true. At Cara's house, you always know when there's a problem because there's a big bowl of soup on the stove for everyone. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to get out of your comfort zone. Um, it's hard to admit that you contributed. It's hard to admit that you fucked up. But we all do. Yep. Yeah. And yes. it's all about love, self-love, mm-hmm. people who love you, and please learn to trust again because you are lovable and you will find love. Exactly. So on that note, um, I want to thank you. BetweenTheSheetPodcast.com, first and third Friday of every month here at UBN Go. I will post things up on YouTube, all over the audio stuff. Um I appreciate you all for being in my life out there. And all of you ladies Mm -hmm. play a very special role in my life to make this dream come true. So I am indebted to each and every one of you. And on that note, play the music before I start crying and let's do our (laughs) sign outs. I love you. I love you too. That's my sign out. Good night. Good night. Love you too. Cheryl Murphy, CherylMurphy.net. Mara Shane um, on Facebook and Mara Shane Creative Designs and I love you Gayan. Cara Noble Voice on Facebook if you want to hear my latest commercial. Kim Sanchez I have just sold my restaurant so you can't find me anywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and thank but you But you're going so much. on an amazing vacation with your daughter. Going, going to Australia for three weeks. <gasps> That's so. right. Nice. Self love, self help, yes. self care. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Kat I'll call you after the show. I love you. Have a good night everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Spoodle